So, you wish to learn the secrets of the character alignment chart? You seek to unlock the morality of all nine points? Well, follow me into the depths. Artonius, I bid thee good morrow. Uh, uh. <laughs> I was watching a bit of Role Models. Oh, uh, okay. <laughs> it's been a while since I've watched that. It's a good one. The the LARPing stuff. Yes. Is old. Which, did you realize, I never uh, knew this, and I don't know if it still is, but I remember when my brother worked for Verizon up in Butler. I did not know that. Did that. Yeah. That's cool. He would have to go to Butler a lot sometimes. And I guess like Butler has or had at the time, I don't know if they still do, one of the biggest like LARP festivals, plays, whatever you want to call it in like certainly the country. I don't know about the world, but certainly it was a big one. Yeah. I don't know if they still have it. but I didn't know that was there. That's pretty cool. Yeah. I mean, this we're talking like over 10 years ago now, but yeah, if you were LARPing. Which stands for live action role play. And for those out of the know, live action role yes. play. <laughs> Who, uh, for anyone not as cool as we are. <laughs> have you heard? Okay, this is a rumor, but, and not to get adult with this, but I'm going to. Do they have, is, is it true they have like orgy tents at those things? Oh, it wouldn't surprise like, me. Like, I've always heard it that. It would not surprise me in the least. And like, that's not the reason I want to go LARPing or wanted to go LARPing. But, Let's be fair. That's the but, reason you want to go. All right. <laughs> Maybe back in my youth, but I'm I'm way too old for that now. I just got health insurance. I I disagree. <sighs> but why are we why I, are we hyper nerdy? What are we veto. talking about today? Today, the discussion of the matter is we had mentioned in recent weeks we had brought up the Dungeons and Dragons alignment chart, uh-huh. and it sparked I sparked a nerd moment in me where I was like, yeah, we we have not talked DN- in 42 weeks of di- 40, 42 straight weeks of not missing. We, we've been on doing this this whole weird experiment. We have not once actually done a topic on DND. Yes. We've mentioned DND many times, but how have we avoided it? It was one of the the like linchpins for us wanting to do this, like was to talk about DND and we've I remember when you and I first came up with it, we were we were talking, oh, we could we could go into like how many layers of just D D alone <laughs> like Mm-mm. from the No, you're talking crazy talk. That because that was kind of no. a <laughs> <laughs> I don't know this man. I don't know this man. <laughs> I've never, never met him. Met no him. idea what he's talking about. I've never met this man before in my life. <laughs> he's talking about D D. I don't know. That that could that could be something reserved for the orgy tents. <laughs> the orgy tents. Oh god. No, but we are talking about um, Dungeons and Dragons. Specifically the alignment chart, and I thought that that was an interesting thing to apply to writing specifically. Yes. Like, there's a lot of different elements of campaign building and other things that are very relevant to just creative writing. But specifically, when we brought up the alignment chart, I was like, we could go off on that easily. There's a lot there as it pertains to character dynamics and you know how you can help broaden out your spectrum of characters and how they can interact with each mm-hmm. other. It's a very effective, simple tool to just kind of quickly grind that out. Yes, and you can find it pretty much anywhere. Simple Google search yeah, of we'll give you uh, a picture alignment of alignment chart. And before we- yeah, I'll, I, I'm trying to get into more. We'll, we'll attach some some resources and some links in our about section on this episode mm-hmm. as well. For And just to, just to give a quick 
history lesson here, if I if I may. So Dungeons and Dragons, we are talking about the beloved tabletop fantasy tabletop role playing game. Although now there's so many different versions, like, and I would even say I don't want to call them D and D clones, but like, what's that? What, some of the other ones, like, there's the Star Wars Galaxy Star Wars game. Galaxy Pathfinder, there's, I think, is one. Path, Pathfinder is a big one. I know a lot of people. Um, Pathfinder, Hammer, Dune even Dune even has a, a role playing game. Yeah, all, all of these, like, and that's that's once again just a an idea of how popular this sort of board game genre. If you can, you can't even call it a board game. That's not that's not the right way to put it although you can have a board it, it is it. and it isn't D in that realm is kind of a unique one because it's so open-ended more so than the others yeah it, but i like it first published in 1974 by gary i always get the names wrong gary and dave i know those are their first names gary gigix gigix and i've never actually heard it pronounced now dave i always see it i don't and know i'm like i don't know it g-y-g-a-x how would you say that i think you hit the nail on the yeah. head i wouldn't argue with you on that well one. anyway i spelt it and then dave i also would not assume i would not presume to out nerd you off no i i see general. here's the thing here's the thing well and then the last name so gary gigix gigix and dave arneson arneson anyway <laughs> They developed it. We could get like walk and level with the pronunciation, yes, here, like yes. the emphasis. Uh, I, I apologize that <laughs> I do not. I'm not more up on that one. But uh, yeah, this was developed in 1974. So this, what's strange to me, or what's interesting rather, is have, if Dungeons and Dragons came out now in this world, it would probably be, I would say, a f- cool phone app that might get a little bit of oh, popularity yeah. or some sort of video game. This was something that was created prior to video games being big and certainly not being able to do what Dungeons and Dragons required a game to do. So the creators simply relied on imagination and storytelling and game yeah. and gamified it essentially. And there's a lot of writing tools in oh, it, like yes. the, the character charts. You can just literally you can google them They're Yeah, everywhere. Dungeons and Dragons on a whole to me is essentially on whose is what <laughs> on whose on hole? whose hole? on anybody's hole i don't <laughs> bad, care bad joke <laughs> it is essentially a creative writing exercise it's it's a storytelling exercise i would strongly suggest at least looking at D, even if you don't like playing it as a game which i could understand because i know i know you're more of a stickler if you were the dungeon master you tend to be more of a stickler for the rules am i right there or am i wrong yes and no okay I feel that the rules would like do have to guide certain things, but I actually kind of like to be a little fast and loose with things and watch the game evolve with the personalities okay. you're playing with because you can you can play with a certain group of people the exact same campaign, a different group of people the exact same campaign will play out very differently. Yes. that's part of what I love about D and D. Yeah, um, no, I'm the same way. If I'm the dungeon master, I tend to be. A little. I tend to put the. I tend to just feel off of. Is everyone having a good time? Is anyone bored? And is the story working, essentially? And yeah. and then I'll usually skirt the rules a little bit more. Obviously, obviously, you got to have the rules. Otherwise, we're just a bunch of people sitting at a table just saying, getting drunk and saying bunch yes. of random nerdy. <laughs> but yeah, I always I love the fact that D and D Dungeons and Dragons is is a writing exercise, is a lesson in that. So if you are looking to flex your creative muscle, I think this is a fun way to to do it. And it essentially is just you get a group of adventurers, characters, 
and then you have the dungeon master, which is probably the one area of it that no one ever wants to be or wants to be too much. There's not a lot of middle ground there. It's generally nobody wants to do it or the one, there's one person you don't want yeah. to do it who wants it too yeah. much. And <laughs> for those who have never played, the dungeon master is essentially the storyteller or the one who creates just the premise of what's going to happen or the quest that then your character that you brought to the game are going to go on. They are guiding the horrors. They are holding all the keys. They are behind every mm -hmm. door. They know all, see all, and have all that was which to be feared. Mm, yeah, keep going with that. No, that's it. I'm okay. <laughs> well, yeah, they're essentially the... I lost the term I was going to come up with. The omniscient... Now who's forgetting no, shit? No, I got it. It's not just I me. I got it. The omniscient narrator. <laughs> hey, if you wouldn't have gone into your yes. tirade there, little tangent, I would have... <laughs> I wouldn't have forgotten it. Roll with the punches, my man. Roll <laughs> but yeah, they're essentially the omniscient narrator of the the story, and we throw game mechanics into it. So it was a way yeah. to. It was a way. I think I know it was heavily inspired by. I'm going to say it again, Lord of the Rings. This was a way for them to go into that sort of world and have interactive adventures. But like I said, what I was saying before, if this came out now, it would surely be some sort of digital video game but back then when yeah. computers and all that are still well in their infancy if, if any if you want to even say that maybe before the birth of computers or the definitely not in the consumer yeah. market in the 70s uh this was what they had to rely on was just pen and paper and your own imagination and some dice that's that's another ad like we could get into a whole thing just on dice yeah. i could anyway but yes we are here specifically talking about the alignment chart yeah and I, no, I'm glad that you you have a, a baseline for the history there. For anybody who you know may not be familiar with the game, it, it, it is it's as far as it is. A, in my opinion, it is a board game yeah. to a degree. And there's a lot of people that may not even be familiar with games in general, let alone this particular one. Mm -hmm. So to have a little bit of a baseline there helps. And this this character alignment chart that we're referring to specifically, like I said, I'll include a copy of that just so everybody can see. What the basic premises, of, yeah. The basic premise of it is, and it's it's simply just a nine point grid chart that explains the morals of the characters within the story yeah. and where they tend to align. And for anybody who checked out our teaser, also if you look at our uh, thumbnail for this week's episode, I actually crafted a uh, an alignment chart for our past artwork. I thought I thought it'd be a a neat little way for everybody to kind of get the basic point of it. I've seen people <laughs> compare it in with like political diagrams as well, which I've always found interesting. Yeah, no, it is. I mean, it, it it's such a simple. Th there's a lot of ways to apply. Yeah, it. and I don't. I, so okay, going. I'm going back through my D and D history, and I think you've played D and D more than I have, only because I don't know. Did you ever? It was tough getting people <laughs> back in the day. It is tough, and it was. It was like never. I never got in with. I think only a couple of times I got in with groups where like I actually started from the ground up with a team. Yeah. It was a lot of the times I was like a filler. Like I came yeah. in from the outside and <laughs> Yeah, or same. And and that and that is probably one of the flaws of D and D, I guess, is going kinda of like how we were saying with the dungeon master, you either no yeah. one wants to do it or you have someone that no nobody wants them to do it. And that's kind yeah. of where you have the issue. And and it was tough back in the day finding enough people to form that group. 
and form a, like your own D and D group that you played with yeah. routinely. I, we had Cody on the show a few weeks back or a couple months back, and I actually played a, a little bit with him as well. And he had some of the funniest characters yeah. <laughs> I've ever seen in D and D. The dude's ridiculous. Yes. So yeah, it's it's it was always tough finding. I think at least for me to get a steady no, yeah, group. It was it, kind of more the same like one off things or like you said filler. Yeah, I definitely didn't in high school as much. Once I got into college, and I met more people with like-minded interests. Mm-hmm. It got easier. So I, I, even in college, I didn't play quite quite a ton. But like, I was I was aware of people who like knew the knew the mechanics and knew how to yeah. play. So I, I got to meet a lot of the people that I eventually played. Yeah, with. I think one too one thing too that tends to maybe turn people off to it is there really is no winning the game. Essentially, there, there's no like final goal it's a team win yeah it's a cooperative team building storytelling concept the goal is to win the quest essentially but it's not like it's not like monopoly or uh checkers or chess in the sense where you have to defeat your opponent there really is no opponent uh some more competitive minded game players that i'm aware of (laughs) would not would not be as interested in this because they can't win yeah there's there's really no way to win essentially but because that's not the point of the game at least i don't think yeah. Uh, yeah so the point the point of the game is to look into the darkness and try and see the solution to a big scale problem mm-hmm. as a group yeah. and one one person's goal is to screw everybody else over yeah, it is it is the granddaddy of i would say a lot of video games now in terms of what it brings to the table no pun intended and mm-hmm. how it how it created that sense of trying to combine storytelling and games together before yeah. the ability of doing it virtually in a digital world was even possible. So that yeah. that's where the thing I think is that people are probably familiar with or how impactful Dungeons and Dragons is in our world in terms of games. Yeah. But yes. So when you're... St- I have a basic version of this chart up here. I'll, I'll find a way to link this specific mm-hmm. file if I can. I, I like this particular diagram. Part of me thinking that you're about to send something inappropriate. <laughs> oh, I, I kind of wish I had thought that. <laughs> so I, I liked this particular one because you could see down the sides it had the inclusion of selflessness, selfishness. Yeah. Along the bottom it also had the scale of prioritizing structure and tradition versus prioritizing change and freedom. And I liked I liked that take on it because it shows that like evil, the evil side of the spectrum and or like the chaos versus lawful mm-hmm. has it's not like they're not bad they have a different set of goals you know yeah it's a really good way to sort of gauge where your characters fall and let's so you let's let's kind of paint the picture here for those that maybe can't yeah. actually see uh, can't see the image we're looking at at the moment but yeah like you said you have those nine squares and traditionally i think it is you have on one on one axis on the uh, which one's the X and the Y axis? Help me out with, with math here. I can't remember. Does the X go so, horizontally? No. I think Y is horizontal, X is... Y, okay. Or no, other way around. I had X is horizontal, Y is vertical. Y, either sucks. way, <laughs> on the horizontal <laughs> axis, on the X axis, whatever, we're going to go with that. On the X, ac- X axis, you have usually good, neutral, evil. And then on the Y axis, you have lawful neutral chaotic yeah and 
when you have all the and from all those different combinations, you get nine different separations. Yeah. So nine tiles, if you will, yeah. to this chart. Of, as a way to sort of use as a guide map for your personal character that you will then take mm-hmm. to then play certain quests with different D and D groups. That that's one of the interesting things. Again, just to give a little overview, if you've never played D and D before. You don't have to, but you are encouraged to create your own character. And I think campaigns go better when that's the yeah. case. Certain pre-made campaigns and certain ones that people have written can't allow for that because the math of how the characters balance out doesn't allow mm-hmm. for that. And it's fine for certain campaigns, but I think that ones where you can make your own characters, it's so much more yeah, fun. Yeah, no, and, and, the, and the character creation process does take a little bit how you want to do and with all their different abilities. One thing that you are encouraged to look at, and we go into this another time, is you don't necessarily want to be incredibly powerful in every category when it comes to the game. and Or to have any particular character so overpowered in any one yeah, area. Yeah, yeah. You want to have, have a myriad of yeah, skills. You're actually that, encouraged to have some flaws in the character because that is what helps create the conflict of the story that you're telling. Yeah, and then have it so that another character can balance out the flaws with their strengths. Yeah, kind of well, as essentially, God mode is not really advised in Dungeons and Dragons. Yeah, but uh, yeah, one of those things is when you're creating your character, you get a name, stature, hit points. Essentially, you can give them a background, history, race. Is the is the alignment chart which we are talking about? I don't think this wasn't an original concept when you're doing the character creation right didn't the alignment come a little bit later that much i don't remember i, I believe so. Like, um, so i'm trying to think like back in the day when i first tried dnd i don't remember i don't remember the alignment chart or if, if i did i probably just didn't care about it at the time i know in many campaigns the alignment chart is typically used for dm's purposes only it, it really depends on the, your DM yeah. and the game you're playing, the particular campaign. Sometimes certain things are kept behind the DM screen. Certain things are not. It's very dependent on the ga- on who you're playing with and what campaign you're mm-hmm. playing. So some games you may have played that the DM wasn't making th- the players privy to that information. Yeah. But anyway, that's sort of the simple breakdown of the alignment chart, and this sort of helps guide you because when you're playing, you're supposed to be playing as your character. That's another thing I did want to stress. You're not playing as you. You're playing as the character that you've created. Unless, of course, you've made yourself yeah. into the D&D character, sure. But you have to go based off of the stats and everything you've created in the character. And you want them to solve the problem or not solve the problem, make it worse, depending upon how that character would do it. And that, I think, is really where the alignment thing kind of comes in. It kind of is a good yeah. little pH scale, if you will, of how the character might feel in a certain situation what they would do when you're faced with a with a challenge in the game or how they'll interact together yeah. you may have your aragorn type character who's this very lawful good do goody two shoes wants to get everything straight and narrow and then you have a more golem type character who's very deceptive and how those two are going to interact your lawful good is going to get very upset when they find out they're being deceived mm-hmm. The say you have a chaotic evil character that's trying to get their own their own way by very uh, by very deceptive and very uh, unconventional means. They will go about it in ways that they're going to try and navigate and take advantage of all the best qualities in that lawful good character. 
Yeah, absolutely. And one of the things I love about the alignment chart is it might get sort of pushed aside in in some D and D groups. I'm not sure, but I I love it. If we're just strictly talking about a writing standpoint. I love how simple it is, and just sort of it's not so broad that you have to pick from 5,000 different options or character tropes or archetypes or anything like that. Oh, what character is he? Nine, nine squares. And you got to say to yourself, okay, if I had to pick where, are, where am I going to find the character I'm writing? Well, it's also too, if you're going to put it into a specific example, since everybody's hot off the heels of Dune, we could say that that bottom row, if we were to apply it to the axis of all these united evils against the Atreides house. Yeah. Your lawful evil would essentially be the emperor, uh-huh. the Padishah emperor, otherwise known as Christopher Walken. <laughs> oh! Neutral evil, I would say, is essentially the Baron. Neutral, yes. He's, he's not necessarily chaotic. He's very methodical. Yes. But he's definitely not lawful. <laughs> no, he's definitely not lawful. So the, the, it's, a, it's a way to kind of balance out and, and see the differences in, in these characters and how they're going to clash. So it's not necessarily as like there's just good and bad or chaos characters or straight and mm-hmm. narrow characters to put them on any kind of simple terms. It's more of a dynamic difference between all these. And this gives you a, a more wide array to kind of judge those differences. Yeah. And also, too, what I think is interesting looking at this, if you're, ever, if you're thinking of doing a more dynamic character or having an arc, you can sort of chart okay i want to take someone who's lawful good and make and tell a story about how they become chaotic evil or i want to take chaotic evil and turn them into lawful good or someone who's lawful evil maybe they could become more of a neutral person and then you can start to see okay what what are the changes in the the road signs along their journey you're going to have to do like i and that you could also have a story like Breaking Bad yeah. where you take a character from the the most highest pulpit and tear them down to being a completely evil character. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And <laughs> have them go all the way through that. Spectrum. I was thinking like even to like recently with Loki, you have someone who I would say yeah. is probably more lawful evil. Maybe. I don't know. I don't, I don't know if I'd put him as, as chaotic evil. I'd put him as more of a, a neutral, neutral evil. evil. Okay. Because he definitely has that selfish I mean, he, need I, he above the He is the, the epitome of, of chaos. But, but I still feel... He is the epitome of chaos, but I mean, he also... It, I actually put him as chaotic neutral. You I think? think? You'd put him as a chaotic neutral character? Because he is acting very self selfishly. He, he is on that yeah, evil no, spectrum. Right. He also, yeah, no, you're right. He also does think of... He does think of Thorne. He does think of Odin from time to time, even though he wants to take... Yeah everything that they have he still does consider their feelings from time he to does time. yeah I don't, no, that's a good point he's a tough one to judge but no I, that no that's I would fair put him in that area that is a good point yes it, it i think you're right he does fit more in the chaotic neutral and then i would say spoilers for anyone listening who hasn't seen uh where loki season two <laughs> ends up uh i would say he oh yes he definitely yeah. ends more definitely more in the neutral good lawful good area or maybe chaotic good. Maybe yeah, he's still chaotic agree. in the sense of what he's going to do because he defies a lot of rules. I mean, he's still he, challenging authority. He is like channeling so a chaotic energy to achieve those final goals. So yeah, yeah, so you could argue like Loki's journey is pretty much the far right column. He always stays chaotic, but he goes from just for argument's sake, I'm going to say he goes from that evil to neutral to good, or from neutral to good. That character, yeah. that that arc that he has. That's a great example. Yeah, and. I, I did. I didn't enjoy that series. They did a good job yeah. with it. I thought, but he—he's one of those characters that kind of has gone to multiple areas. He's 
been used a lot of different mm-hmm. ways over the years, especially with how expansive Marvel has been over the, over that time period. They, they He's been utilized a number of ways. I was going off topic. I'm looking at the kind of studying the chart you gave me here more. I do like what they added to this, the selfish, selfless sort of barometer yeah. and then the prioritizes structure and tradition. It add, yeah, it adds another layer to, to Yeah, prioritizes change and freedom. This is a good, I really love this tool so much. I don't know if you can tell if I'm just kind of geeking out over it, uh, but. No, it's it's worth so because, I mean, char- character can be a tricky nut to crack yeah. and I think this is a good, bar- it's a good simple barometer yes. for it doesn't, getting your way through because there's there's obviously there's more there's more complex tools and a lot more multiple pointed breakdowns mm-hmm. that can get into the minutiae of how to divide character and character traits but this is a great quick like barometer to just quickly pull out and use in a toolbox and something that you don't have to think about to a crazy degree to get it gets get things fairly spread out yeah it's in terms of it's almost pretty much your 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 t-square or your level or your your yeah. if you're in terms of if I can use like a building analogy or your measuring cup. If you're building a house, <laughs> <laughs> pictured it as like you're trying to write and then like you actually like accidentally build a whole house. <laughs> like ah, I f-ed it up. <laughs> so if we look at like something that's lawful good, you have someone then who is selfless mm-hmm. and prioritizes structure and tradition. And I like how they have it described here. I selflessly put the needs of others before my own and use the laws and traditions of my people in order to help people the quote unquote right way. I would think obviously a big one in the lawful good section is just to give like examples. The lawful good would be Superman. I mean, you and you tell me what you think if you disagree, yeah. but like that's. I think Superman is kind of the un, one of the unquestionable ones because he's he is the epitome of it. The the and shall I say the the traditional depiction of Superman? I know yeah. if you go into like some later versions, he, he gets a little bit more chaotic, good maybe or neutral, lawful neutral there. But I would say the traditional Christopher Reeves, golden age Superman from the comics, we're looking at lawful good here. Or another example, there's Aang as well from Avatar. Also a great example of lawful good. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. And then what do you think? Should we go down, like go through like all the different things we got and try to come up with characters for them? Sure. I'm down for that. So lawful good, what do you want to do? You want to do all like Lawful neutral or how, which way you want to go? Your dealer's choice. Uh, okay. Lawful neutral. We'll just go, we'll go down here. So neutral, the needs of myself or others are inconsequential. What matters most is upholding the system and structures of authority for the sake of order. It gets a little bit tougher. I'm trying to think who would be. That one's a tough one. Trying to think of a comedy. (laughs) Comedy is good. I I like like the, the Cardinal few like scrubs, Uh parks and rec and office. They fit into these because their characters are so well done defined and divided they fit into these quite well they're they're a good good way to judge these charts mm-hmm. yeah 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 <laughs> for their accuracy I'm trying to think i'm almost trying to think of like i would say toby flenderson is a think, great yeah. Neutral. yeah 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 i'm almost thinking picard from next gen like would you call would you consider him yeah, a lawful I neutral s- i don't know why that's coming to my mind yeah. I'm possibly because i seem to remember another chart somewhere that had him as an example one time well also you consider how he acts in regard to the federation he does tend to put the needs of the federation yeah, above he, certain aspects of the story you're, you're looking at someone who's supposed to be sort of that iconic military commander someone who's like okay this is what needs done and we're gonna do it yeah. and we're gonna follow it to the t for continuing down that mm-hmm. path who would you place as a lawful evil i would now tell me tell me what you think here we can always you can always challenge and tell me what you think yeah 
would would Deadpool be lawful evil in some way? Or is he more chaotic good? I'm just going off of how this person has it described in the box. And it says, I put the selfish needs Deadpool's of myself above one. the needs of others. Yeah, I mean, Deadpool would definitely be on the evil side of the spectrum. He, he definitely acts selfishly. Like, so, like, I definitely feel like he's a much more selfish character. I think he's a chaotic evil, to be maybe. honest. Or maybe it may be a chaotic neutral. I don't think he's a true neutral. Yeah, it's a tough one. Lawful evil. I guess, I guess too, if you want lawful evil, maybe a more prime example would be, would be Darth Vader, maybe. Like, because he does have that, he prioritizes structure and tradition yeah. with maintaining the empire, but he is definitely has become this selfish person and puts that above the needs of others and will take advantage of any rules that he can. So maybe, maybe Vader would be a more prime example for lawful evil. I could see that. Yeah. So going then you have, then you have the middle ones and you have neutral good. Um, yeah. So we're, we're going to move on to neutral good. Yes. See. Well, whether I break or follow the rules is inconsequential. What matters most is being selfless and protecting the well-being of others. I could see Spider-Man being a good yeah, neutral good. I could see that. The the traditional Peter Parker. Mm-hmm. Could you see... Uh, I could maybe see Batman in here, but then again, maybe I could see Batman more as chaotic good as I'm reading through the... Yeah, I could see but, that. Yeah. I mean, again, and like, keep in mind, too, this is not... It's very subjective. Yeah, and you don't have you know, to like. You can argue. You can argue any of these anyway. Yeah, any really. way you want. It's just a nice little tool you can use to sort of pick out what you're looking at. If nothing else, it's it's to help you organize it. Yeah, head, exactly. Is how I take it. But yeah, no, I think you I think that would be a good example for a neutral good. Yeah. And going down now, we have the true neutral ethics and rules, which they typically are just not swayed by anything. anything. Yeah, usually. <laughs> There's always been like a funny thing where if you if you have a true neutral character in Dungeons and Dragons, they just won't they just won't really interact or have any huge consequence on the outcome of the quest. Yeah, um, it would be a good true neutral character. Let me see. Let me see if I can. I can't think of one off the top of my I'm head. Trying to think. Yeah, true neutral is a tough one because they they're rare. They're they're typically pretty rare. I, what I actually oh, do you have do one. okay Abed from Community. Oh okay. For those who don't know, that's oh yeah, you said community. I'm sorry. Yeah, no, that's fine. Da- yeah, da- Danny Pudi's character. He's he's all actually weirdly connect ca- connected. He's just showed up in the live action version of Avatar. Oh, I did not know that. Yeah, he the 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 Air Nomads, the new Air Nomads. Remember the dude with the beard? Yes. Okay. And the glasses. He's playing that uh-huh. guy. Which I was like, I love I love me some Danny Pudi. He's a good actor. I'm trying to think. Would you would you consider would you consider Mad Max? to be a true neutral character max the original max Rodansky? yeah or somewhere in that somewhere in there definitely not a lawful good or i would not put lawful near him at best a chaotic good but i definitely put him more on the, the neutral spectrum yeah. i'd probably call him chaotic neutral uh-huh. to be honest you could do i could see Treebeard as a true as a true neutral character yeah that's a fair one I actually I like that because they're the the ants in general. They just kind of want to stay yeah. out of everything. Or even uh, okay, maybe even like the hobbits. Not even before. Like if we're just talking the hobbits in yeah, general, like hobbits as well. Just they're sort of eh. I'm just gonna sit here and do what I want. And yeah, anything going on outside the world to me is eh. I'll do what's pragmatic at a given time. Yeah, and it's not even necessarily out of a place of selfishness. It's just this isn't my fight. This isn't my place. Yeah. For neutral characters, mm-hmm. at least as I've seen. And, in most and I cases. think neutral too, you have to almost think I would say, so if we keep going down, we go to neutral evil. 
the, the neutral evil one always seems like it's like this is going to be a dumb example, but I would almost pick like <laughs> like the T Rex from <laughs> from Jurassic Park or the or the Velociraptor or like a monster. No, um, I, I can see where your head's at with that. that like it's sense. more just like it's not necessarily evil, but maybe that would be more of a true neutral because they're just doing what they do. They're just animals. Yeah, I'm trying to think, but more of like a monster that is just it's an evil monster, but it's doing what it's supposed to be doing. Yeah, if from the perspective of the characters whose lives are being yeah. destroyed by the T Rex, yes, but it it in and of its own nature is not acting evil. It's just acting selfishly, which is perceptive of being evil, yeah. which is interesting. Which is why I appreciate the the left hand of this. Yeah, the selfish or selflessness kind of because it does kind of help outline. That it kind of helps it a little bit more. Yeah, I could put. I could. I think I. You could put the blob in a neutral evil. Well, yeah, like yeah. it's just again, it's selfish like need. It's almost like I'm not really concerned about upholding or changing tradition. I'm just gonna go be a blob monster. Yeah. Yeah, well, I don't know. For neutral evil, I always i I automatically start to picture like monster uh, Frankenstein, the original Frankenstein's monster. Uh, yeah, Frankenstein. Uh, yeah, that's a good one. Uh, seems more of a neutral evil character. Uh, and then we come to the final column here: chaotic good. I could put. I could see Tony Stark in in chaotic good. Now, couldn't you? Or would Captain America yeah, fit? He's that he's better? in the similar category of Batman. Yeah, so that, that's okay. Fitting. Or would you put Captain America in chaotic good? I would put Captain America in lawful good, good for okay. sure. Or maybe even neutral good if we really want to okay. stretch it. But I'd, I'd put him in lawful okay. good. But I, I could certainly see it's Iron Man in chaotic good. Yeah. Selflessly put That's the fitting. needs of others before my own. At least how he gets there and define social norms, challenge authority. I mean, how you look at, at least in the movies, how the first one ends with uh, Tony Stark essentially upending all, some of the heroic tradition and just telling him every, everybody blatant out that he's Iron Man. Yeah. Yeah, I do like that ending a lot. <laughs> but yeah. Uh, say chaotic neutral then. Uh, well, that's a tough one off the top of my head. It would be a good... What's his, What's the character's name in Parks and Rec that's the best friend who always comes in and he's like worth a load of money? Mm-hmm. Saperstein. I, what's that? But I can't remember the I first name. I have no name. idea. <laughs> I, guess, I guess I could see at least when he starts out I guess I could see Han Solo as chaotic neutral. Yeah. I would say that Han Solo is one of those ones that has a character change throughout the course of the series. So he's not the same in the beginning. Yeah. He certainly goes to a more chaotic good. He's more selfish in the beginning and then becomes selfless toward the end. Look here. Jean Ralphio was the last thing for chaotic neutral. Whereas I'd call his sister (laughs) chaotic evil. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Because technically I'm homeless. I, I do like um, those like NBC comedies mm-hmm. for, for these charts because they they do fit really well. Yeah, it's it, like that. Each of those characters is such like a, a well defined box and easy to define. In yeah. each of these charts, it's it's fun to break them down from that way. It, it, uh, you know, we've talked before. I'm like on a million meme pages. Uh-huh. I, I don't know how you're I on so many all at once. Memes. I just get I, I open Facebook. I just get bludgeoned <laughs> with memes. But uh, but yet. I do see this chart pop up on those meme pages a lot and like things like Scrubs and Community and um, It's Always Sunny. You just see like these characters being divided on this chart and I'm like, it's perfect. I love it. <laughs> yeah, it's so good. And then just to top it off real quick, the last one, Chaotic Evil, the one that comes to my mind is the Joker, top one. Yeah, the Joker is a, is kind of the perfect Chaotic Evil. I'm trying to think maybe who's... Uh, so if we were, were going to stick with the superhero thing, where would we put... 
I guess I'm trying to think where would I put Thanos on? I would put Thanos as a lawful. Yeah, I would think he's more the Marvel equivalent because he's coming at it from a. He believes he's coming. Yeah, he has that lawful evil upholding the order thing going on. Maybe maybe Carnage. I think would be your chaotic evil. Carnage. Yeah, I could see that. It all like yeah. As I'm looking at it here, where would you put? I'm thinking about this since since I always would bring him up all the time. Where would you put Indiana Jones in this? I'm curious. I would put him as either lawful or chaotic neutral. I don't know. Which. Yeah, I'm definitely thinking he's somewhere in the neutral stance. You could even yeah. He's in myself. Others in control. I would say maybe maybe even because I do think he has that selfishness. Oh, he does for sure. So, but maybe he's a true neutral. I could see. And, I could see an argument for him him being on the evil yeah. spectrum. And and it's it's weird that like okay when we say like good or evil it, you gotta go you kind of have to look at it I like like I like this one how it puts it more on the selfish and selfless side so it is possible that you could have a character who you wouldn't necessarily think is say chaotic evil but they fit that definition yeah that's the other thing too is like at face value it can be tough to it can be it can be easy to misjudge mm-hmm. where a character that's why. I, I like to think about it a lot because you can change your own mind about. Oh yeah, things. definitely. It's a good magnifying glass microscope into character creation and yeah. how sometimes characters can do things that are contradictory to what we think. Like, why would they do that? Why? Yeah. And it is like it is a. It's, it's, sometimes it's a, it's an oversimplification of personality and character, yeah. but it does help to just see how they like. I, I look at primarily for how like these different types will clash in a very basic mm-hmm. way. Yes, it is an oversimplification, but it's a quick guide to see how, like, oh, how are these people going to butt heads yeah. and, like, wh- where are they going to get into trouble in terms of other, in terms of personalities hitting into one yeah. another. And that's when you're trying to create conflict, looking at how your character is going to interact is kind of the bread and butter. No, yeah, no, that's, no, that's true. Well, like a good thing here. So, like, law implies honor, trustworthiness, obedience to authority, and reliability. On the downside, though, lawfulness can include closed-mindedness, reactionary adherence to tradition, judgmentalness, and lack of adaptability. I think that, so we'll just, I'll just stick with the Marvel thing in my mind because that's where I'm at. If you look at, like, that's one of the things I think that essentially Iron Man and and Captain America sort of argue about, or maybe that's more the good versus evil thing now that I'm looking at it. Captain America has more of that altruistic putting others above himself constantly. Iron Man, when we first meet him, has more of doing what's going to benefit him. And that's not to say that there is essentially one's necessarily better than the other, because what I love about their character journeys is they actually kind of swap places at the end of... That's what I love. One thing about the MCU, it is the character arcs of Captain America and Iron Man and how they diverge from one another. Like So in the end, Tony has that altruism he essentially i think it's summed up pretty much in in one of their arguments in the first avengers movie he's sitting there saying you're not the one who's gonna lay down across the wire for someone to crawl over you and then tony says i think i would just cut the wire yeah and there it was finally they switched at the very very end of the series tony essentially falls down on the on the grenade the wire whatever you want to call it and then yeah it is a bit of a sidebar but that scene in avengers they lay out the entire plot of phase two yeah <laughs> if you listen to the dialogue they literally describe every point of phase two which and I then cool. captain america admits it in the end when he's older he says well after i put the stone stones back i 
went and got some of that life that Tony was telling me that I should do, I should get. So he finally, so one finally becomes complete by becoming selfless. And then one finally becomes complete by finally getting to have something for himself and getting back with Peggy. And being at least a little bit selfish. I think that's one thing to sort of understand too, is that this tool is not necessarily trying to say lawful good is the adherence is the iconic or what's the word ideological perfect thing that you want a character to be it's that there is some good attributes to it and there's also disadvantages like it said here closed-mindedness being way too adherent to tradition that inflexibility can be a bit of a hindrance I don't know why I thought of this just now but I'm thinking of if you look at history one of the reasons why the the British had trouble fighting in certain conflicts here, like a seven years war or the American revolution is because they kept thinking like, Oh, we got to fight in lines. And rather than sort of evolving and changing with the way that warfare is instead of like embracing like more of a guerrilla style warfare, they keep staying strict to that tradition. And that you see that a lot in like how there's that change in world war one with, I don't know why I'm going down this tangent. I'm sorry. It's okay. You have that, that rise of industrial warfare and everyone's thinking, oh, we have to, they're using a more romantic style of warfare, if I can, charging into battle with your colors, bright colors, wearing with the flags. And at the, uh, the outset of World War One, when you just have the ability to mow down an entire regiment with two guys, uh, yeah, that kind of, that style or of- nuke the site from orbit. Yeah. No, no, <laughs> and that style of thinking, it doesn't work anymore. You have to have that, you're, if you're not flexible enough, you're going to- it's you're probably gonna it's not gonna work so that 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 lawfulness if you will that respect for tradition can be a detriment too depending on the story and the the quest in this in this case and ultimately that conflict helped tolkien write the lord of the rings which ultimately helped birth dungeons and dragons booyah i brought it back full circle (laughs) what i was talking about made sense (laughs) in my mind it was there Yeah, I this is definitely something that I love to use just as a good little idea of we'll see, okay, where is this character on the spectrum and how do they how do they make decisions? What would they do in certain situations? Yeah. And how is what their goals are affected by the goals of side characters or their direct conflict character? There's there's a lot of angles to judge and compare the conflict of a story. This helps kind of put it into a semblance of order without going into a ton of crazy yarn lines and looking like Charlie from the mail room in the one episode. Yeah. Of Sunny. <laughs> yeah. Quick, simple guides I think are very helpful. This is, this is one of the, yeah, no, absolutely. For me. I think this is just a quick, easy grab it off the shelf and then just kind of wrap your head around a dynamic mm-hmm. big, helpful one. I know you use it like crazy. I use it like crazy. I, I see it almost at least two or three times a week, just even in memes. Yeah. <laughs> and no. It just, and it's always, it's always fun you know, too. dumb yeah. stuff. But yeah, it, it's a good one. There's a lot of tools in D and D. This is just one of a cardinal yeah. few to use. I, I think we can do more episodes on D and D. Oh, absolutely. Sure. Definitely get into more. I can't believe it took us 42 <laughs> weeks to get a get it'll be one, 42 more. <laughs> it'll be it'll be 42 more. <laughs> no, no, we'll we'll get into some D and D in coming weeks as as our schedule allows, and get get into some more here. I I have I have some I have a wild summer planned. I hope everybody's involved, but also for anybody that's willing to get engaged on our not not engaged to each other, engaged. Yes. 
<laughs> on, on our on our Instagram. If there's stuff you want to see us tackle or get into, DM us. Get at us. Never do anything to anyone. Ever. Yeah. Never, never, like, never, do anything. <laughs> never do anything to anyone ever. For any reason. Yeah, just, ever. just don't do it because you never know what's going to happen next. <laughs> yeah. My head, my head, what, what happened? I blacked <laughs> out. What happened? <laughs>